Hello and welcome to the Agile Podcast. My name is Paul Goddard. Jeff and I would just like to remind you that you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes if you've got an iPhone and we'd love it if you can leave us a review as well. And you can also subscribe via SoundCloud. If you'd like to send us a question on Twitter, you can get hold of us at the Agile Podcast. That's at the Agile Podcast. So without any further ado, let's play the jingle. Good afternoon. <laughs> Hello, Jeff. Hello, Paul. Hello, Nigel. Hello, Jeff. Nice to see you. How are you all? Back in Bristol. Back in the, uh, the Knights Templar. Back in the USSR. Well, no, in Bristol, really. Mm. So it's good to see you again, Jeff, yeah. after your um, unfortunate leave of absence. I would say you're looking tanned, but you're not. No, you're looking tanned. <laughs> That's it. You go to San Diego, I get a tan. Jeff got sunburned. Right. So, yeah. What are you drinking, boys? Well, I think it's best that you describe. <laughs> Jess bought me and Nigel two mystery pints. Not mystery pints. Mystery cider. Do so you ask for a cider? So I got you a, a black rat. Is it black rat? Yeah. Which sounds lethal. <laughs> and Nigel's got black dragon. Yeah. Which I, sounds I am, more lethal. Yes. I am truly a Targaryen pretender. <laughs> a bit of Game of Thrones there for you. Um, mine is uh, well uh, flat. Uh, mildly warm, um, so like a good cider should be. Quite clear, mine is. Yeah. Mine's got a quite clear. It's very amber. Yeah. Amber colour. Mine uh, is all about the same temperature <coughs> as nice, but but more cloudy, more cloudy. Yeah. And well, it tastes like apple juice. It's got a little bit of a taste. bite to it. Yeah. Yeah. Your yeah, mine's mine's a little stronger than apple juice, but still tastes quite mild. So it feels like quite a mild uh, side. I don't think it is. I think if people look up, I don't think it, I think Jeff sold us down the river there. I think it's going to be quite a strong stuff. It's going to be a bit of a stealth bomber yeah. drink, a stealth bomber cider. Might be on the floor well, in half an hour. The one that I wanted wasn't on, so I, I've gone for a pint of Ascalon. Ascalon? Yeah. Ascalon. That's a had, a had a sword on the label, reminiscent, made me think anyway of like King Arthur. Ascalon. Sounds like a Doctor Who villain. I've seen Doctor the Who. Or oh, Thor. Sounds like Thor. Thor. It's definitely Thor is either. Oh, Thor's from Asgard. Jeff, when you beam down from your spaceship, did they not tell you to fake like childhood memories and stuff? Oh, this sort of stuff. Odin. The rings of Ascalon. Or you think more Odin? Do you? Ascalon would be the god of. It's a bit nutty. Is it a Norse god? Is that what it is? Ascalon. You said it was more of a, 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 a Arthurian yeah. thing. I say it's more Norse. I don't know. I might be wrong. We should look it up. I'm going to look it up. Well, you guys talk, and I'll look it up on my phone. Okay. It's quite Nigel's nice. in dictionary it's corner today. A little bit creamy, a yeah. bit nutty. It's got it's a, it leaves a bit of residue on the top of the glass when you've drunk that. Yeah. Hmm. Leaves. Bit of a head. I'm not sure the word uh, uh, residue. residue is ever creating the, the word? Point. What's the word? Uh, yeah, the word. Head. A head. Was this spot like that? No. A S C A L O N. C A L O N. Anyway, while Nigel's doing that. Yeah. What's occurring, Jeff? What's occurring? I'm currently going through a bureaucratic process. Oh, that sounds fun. Tell us all about that. Not really. Um, well, I'm the guinea pig for the, the new CSM Level 2 certification. Oh, okay. This, is the, um, this was um, soft launched in San Diego, the recent gathering around a new 
path to calling it the path to CSP. That's right. Yeah. As a more a, di a different way or a, a multitude of ways for you to get from CSM certified scrum master to CSP certified scrum professional. Correct? Yeah. From what I hear, it's it's you two more training courses. Yeah, and I think that's uh, people's interpretation. As far as I went to all the sessions on this uh, at the gathering, and I think it's mainly about trying to just deepen people's knowledge. I think they're trying to use the the alliance is trying to use the badge system, the certification system, hmm. to make it attractive. Yeah. But they want to deepen the implementation knowledge of, of scrum masters and change agents in the industry. Mm. Which I think it's a good thing. I right. think the two days of CSM is great, mm. but it's a starter. It's mm. like Obi-Wan Kenobi in Star Wars. It shows you the force, gets you going, and then it's over. That's a great reference. <laughs> Just give me a look now saying, Jeff, you have seen Star Wars. Star Wars. So um, now CSP is more Yoda. Have you seen Rogue One? Surely I not have Yoda. Seen it wouldn't be Yoda. It would be Qui-Gon Jinn. Qui-Gon Jinn, sort of a bit more extensive, a bit more extensive. Okay. A bit more, not, bit more knowledge, a bit more experience, but not yeah. quite Yoda. Not quite Yoda, yeah. But it's Yoda's teaching. It's not becoming Yoda, it's Yoda's teaching. So it's Yoda teaching Luke, is what I think it is. Okay. You know, more that. Not still, not full Jedi yet. So you're calling me Yoda? I wouldn't uh, count Dooku. <laughs> do you want, do you want you got a tall, got a tall, got a bit more Sith in you, Jeff. Yeah, you got the tall UK thing going. You and Chris Lee, I think. <laughs> or count Dooku. No, Qui-Gon Jinn. Just got to be Qui-Gon Jinn, really. Okay. Died quite young. Yeah. The Qui-Gon Jinn was in his 60s when he died. Was he? Yeah. Just Liam Neeson was, was a bit younger playing the part. But he had a little grey in his beard. He was about 60. The character was. I'm watching that at the moment with my son, Phantom Menace. I'm in reintroducing mm. the... the, 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 yeah, the the second trilogy to him. I wonder, it's going off track a little bit, but I, I'm not sure, Nigel, that you can actually classify yourself as a Star Wars fan. Because I think the, the, you, you dislike more Star Wars films than you like. Name the Star Wars films I dislike. But you don't like the, the one, Force two, Awakens. three. I do like, I do like the prequels. You didn't like the seven. I don't like the seven. I like the prequels. You didn't like I like the originals. I like Rogue One. I never said I didn't like Rogue One. I liked Rogue One. Rogue One was full of plot holes, but I liked it. Don't ask me to start telling you the plot holes. <laughs> okay, spoiler alert. At the end of Vogue One, right? end of Vogue One, Princess Leia blasts off with the plans, right? If you go to the start of Star Wars, Vader catches her and she tries to pretend she's some counsellor ship. At the end of Vogue One, he saw her fly off in that ship. So it's not like I've traced the rebel spies to her. It's like I watched her fly off with the plans. And secondly, he says, she's my only link to finding their secret base. Well, except for those 2,000 Mon Calamari lobster men you've just caught on the spaceship. They've just caught the flagship with all that command crew. They will surely know where the rebel base is. So, plot flaw. I'm sorry. Sorry, guys, very nerdy. There's a plot flaw there. We can so, edit that out. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but I liked Rogue One. I liked most of those. I even liked Caravan of Courage and Ewok Battle for Endor. So, um, I think I count as a Star Wars fan. But these new films aren't Star Wars, are they? They're made by Disney. And so you've got to have to bring it all back to what we're talking about here. You've got to have integrity, else it's just a sales pitch. And that's the one. My one hope of um, this new CSM two and CSP pathway is for people actually put so it together. It is a new hope, and my new hope is because they're putting it together with a lot of integrity. So the aim is it not just to be a money making scheme or another course to be run. Yeah. The aim is to actually really genuine build up deeper knowledge and process, which is fantastic, except for. What are you going through at the moment? Well, no, so, 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 yeah, to come back to where I was going with this, I mentioned it's a bureaucratic process. So for me, I've been running, <coughs> as you know, Paul, because we've been running them together, advanced scrum master classes, and I know you've been running yours, Nigel, as well, for years, because we believe that there's there's a lot more <coughs> to the role and a lot of appetite for d deepening skills. Um, and trying to, to prove, really, 
to the people organising the process that our course helps people who come to the course meet the learning objectives that the Scrum Alliance are yeah. looking for. And because they're being a bit, they're trying to be very integrity based, they're making it quite painful to it's match those objectives at the moment. Uh, yeah, I, they're, they're, they're trying to help, but it's, it's, it's a case, it's quite, it's a lot of effort. Yeah. It's a lot of effort to... But it is hard to describe how someone will learn, isn't it? Mm. I think what they're trying to do is to make it as accessible as possible to as many people within the training and coaching community as possible. So there's opportunities for you to get still be on this pathway to CSP, even if you don't really attend a training course. Yeah. So you could be coached by a, a certified um, enterprise coach or whatever through a period of months, years maybe, and once you've proven that you've met these objectives, you can then be still become a CSP. So I th they're trying to, but uh, yeah, one doesn't necessarily fit perfectly into the other in terms of how they're trying to yeah. award this this uh, this new um, license, if you like, to teach these or to, to teach these people these yeah. courses. It's a, I'm thinking positively. It's 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 a good challenge for me to just question how I do things and, and explain that. Is, how you do yeah, it. is what I'm doing helping? How do I know it's helping? How do I know my message is getting across and people are actually learning? So it's probably a good, not necessarily a wake-up call, but a... I think they're going about it in the right way. I think yeah. it's always going to be a very hard process to, to be the first one through. You're just too much of an early adopter, Jeff. It's always been your problem. What I find interesting though was we were talking beforehand, uh, Jeff and Paul were going through some of their exercises they do in their advanced Scrum Master and seeing how they map to the learning objectives. I find it quite interesting to listen to that to discover how rich those exercises potentially could be. And I think that learning objective stuff can help you focus a bit on that. Mm. I'd say, okay, that's a really good point we bring out semi-formally. How can I bring it out more formally? Mm. So I think that's quite interesting. Um, but it's just a pain, isn't it? It's, you, when you're an agile person, you want to inspect and adapt. You want to get stuff out there and learn. And a lot of this is quite a lot of analysis up front. Mm, yeah. So it feels not counterintuitive, but a little bit counterintuitive for me. My main concern with the process was that it might, it might restrict our flexibility somewhat. So ev every course that we've ever run has always been different to every other course that we've run mm. in some way. Um, depending on who's there and what they want mm -hmm. so we, we dip into whatever topics and techniques and tools that we've got that can help people mm. that, that we don't want to just force feed them what we want them to know because mm. they might already know it and they might have different yeah. challenges and so by the process kind of implied that we needed to explain exactly how our course was going to run mm. which, which made me think maybe we can't deviate from that which worried me mm. but I had a chat with the, the programme team the other day and they were quite open to that idea um, and just basically trying to get an idea that I have some way of, of doing that and, and validating whatever it is that I do. Yeah. Mm. So this is formed by, there's like a working group isn't there within the, the alliance yeah. that's kind of, and I think that that's tends to be from Nigel me and you were in San Diego but I'm hearing that the Scrum Alliance, one of their um, strategic directions is to is for more working group based um, programs. So one would be around CSP, so to, to basically put a group of trainers and coaches around that kind of creation process. 
and they're just trying to the gatherings is another one to try and get the community to lead the gatherings you're just basically trying to get more of people within the community not necessarily discriminate people to do the work mm. so it's good that you we can be part of that and try and guide it in the right way which used to be but I just I also get the impression that it's also there's a bit of infighting about what's the best way to do something. I think everyone's got an opinion on yeah. this. There's, there's so many different ways that you can do it. And, and it think, becomes an ego thing about whose way is the best yeah. way. And I think that's the issue. There is no best practice in no. this type of space. It's good practice. So I understand. So I'm conflicted on two things. One, I want it to be really open to have lots of different good practices in there. But also, I don't want it to be over complex. And the more they keep it open, the more complex it's getting to both explain to people by this journey to certified scrum professional to deeper knowledge and also to actually make consumable for people. Um, so it's sort of um, a balancing act almost between you know, integrity, doing it the right way, and also making it productized, make it like a real thing that's actually shippable. Yeah. The sort of the classic scrum dynamic really mm. in there. Um, what I think is missing from those working groups is product ownership. Yeah, to a certain extent, yeah, yeah. they're self-managing groups. They're very clever people, but you and you don't want like a traditional product owner saying this one way. You're more facilitating product owner for me, listening to their self-directing team. Mm. There does need to be a little bit of that hand on the tiller, mm. I think. Yeah. But we'll discover through market research. I, when products start going out there and people start doing it and trying them out and and, and learning from them and getting value or not getting value from them, mm. then that'd be quite interesting. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it's. Um, so, I did it for the audience out there. So, the Scrum Alliance is looking for these two pathways to certify Scrum Professional, but they're looking to almost make it role based as well. So, sort of rather than have like a generic certified Scrum Professional, they'll have like a certified Scrum Professional in the Scrum Master vein, certified Scrum Professional in the Product Owner vein, and maybe even in the future, a certified Scrum Developer, a uh, uh, product person. CSPD, PD, DP. Well, I got the, the impression that was a bit further away, wasn't it? They're focusing yeah. on the Scrum Master at the moment. Scrum Master, yeah. Product owner's coming next. Yeah. And then developer. Yeah. In the future. If needed. They put it on the backlog. Yes, it's on the backlog, yeah. Yeah. What that so, uh, so at first, yeah, we all know what that means. <laughs> Quotation um, Yeah, yeah it's uh, the old Ken Beck line, isn't it? You know, when did, I uh, tweeted about it, when did the words put it on the backlog become fuck off? Um, <laughs> it did a long time ago. So I think, I think what Put it on the parking is, lot. Yeah, yeah, I think what the graveyard. Where I ideas think, go to die. Yeah, I thought, Jira. Um, I thought... <laughs> I, swearing, sorry, I think that just through market feedback, the taste for deeper scrum mastery and change agent and agile coaching knowledge is there. Mm. There is a slight taste for product owner, but I don't know how much in the course. And um, uh, I think that's where it'll go at the moment. I think. I do think people want an easier way to get to CSP. I think people do want that but I don't think that at the moment it's a particularly easy or clear way yeah. to get it. I know a couple of people at the moment, they're going through it and they've lost their way with it because <coughs> it's just quite intensive yeah. for an individual to, to, yeah. to keep on, tra- on top of. Yeah. I just wanted to get deeper knowledge. The badge itself is interesting. I just, it, the, for me, the badge is a vessel to help them have deeper knowledge. Well, that's always been the case, isn't it, yeah. with CSM? So I hope it stays the same way with this. But it's quite an interesting thing. I'm, you're further down the path than me with it. Um, but I'm looking forward to that. A few of us trainers in San Diego said we'd get together and do some work on this, which we haven't started yet. <laughs> but um, I'm going to be scrum master that it looks like. I don't want to be, yeah. so I'll start pushing things out mm. in a really bad scrum master way. More politicking, I guess. Mm. So what? 
This is relevant because I got asked this this morning by somebody else. What would have made increase the chances of something actually happening from your your group? Well, what would increase the chances? Well, yeah. what the scrum alliance is doing? No, 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 no. So you, you and other trainers yeah. got together. Yeah, we we had a haven't good done anything. No, not yet. What would have made it more likely? Which is what the scrum alliance are actually doing as a as a as a strategy is these face to face sprints, okay. bringing people together to co-locate for a week or so That's and right, actually yeah. blast through stuff. Because the face to face sprint groups have done some work on this uh, scrum master two workshops yeah. that they're going to share with everyone that's really good and so we get for the impression me, that's, that's open to the whole that's not just a training thing that's yeah. open to the whole community yeah, isn't it? yeah. so the idea is in, uh, engaged interested individuals yeah. coming together for uh, a week uh, in a co-located location to actually really do intense work yeah. and I think that's produced some great results so uh, so you're going to get your your group of they're not, my group. Together. they're not my group. Um, <laughs> they're lovely people. Um, I would like to get together with a group of trainers like that and produce some material like that. I think that would be interesting. It'll focus me, because mm. I'm notoriously your ADHD and my attention wanders very quickly. With two small children as well, they wander it. Yeah. So having something like that would be very useful mm. to focus my mind. Um, so I would be looking forward to that. That's quite a common thing in scrum teams, isn't it? You yeah. get to uh, retrospectively come up with some ideas and then they don't put them into practice. Yeah. yeah. And uh, there are a number of things that you can do to increase the chances of that happening, really. Hmm. Such as? Well, I find... Go on, you're going to cough. Oh, good cough. Yeah. Go. <laughs> <laughs> um, finding out, clarifying that what the value is for them. Because... If, if they realise how important it is and what value they're going to get from it, really crystallise that and make it very explicit, it increases the chances of it happening. Rather than just, oh yeah, it's a nice idea, yeah, yeah, that'd be good. But actually really, why? how, how would your day-to-day -day life be better as a result of doing that? What, what, what would you achieve from actually getting that done? Um, writing things down themselves rather than me writing them down for them. Mm -hmm. Verbalising things, making you commitments quite explicit and then verbalizing it to somebody somebody that somebody whose opinion of you you care about yeah. so for me yeah and I, I always use the example of when I was trying to do my rehab from my knee injuries that I had exercises to do and I hated doing them I knew I had to do them and I'd written them out but I would always find ways to to cheat myself um, but actually telling my kids that this is what I need to do and they could see they could see them happening and they, they were then aware that if I hadn't done them I would feel guilty of yeah. setting a bad example. Yeah. So verbalising them to somebody else, this is what I'm going to do, that increases the chances of them happening. Um, so something to be said to but that's what I've just done here basically. Someone that I said you to you guys on this podcast, yeah. the public. So next time, next time we do a podcast we'll ask you what progress you've made. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, it's, in terms of, again, um, committing to someone who you think either you've got an immense amount of respect for or or, or Jeff or Jeff <laughs> or someone that you just feel will probably come back and they'll ask you about it again because yeah. I know that my kids would if I told my kids I'm going to do something they'd yeah. tell me remind me every day that I told them that we we're going to do yeah. something yeah. yeah didn't you once say the perfect scrum master would be like an eight-year-old boy or something I said every scrum team should have a five-year-old because yeah. they ask brilliant questions yeah. Uh, and they're quite naive, but generally positive. Mm. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. I think my daughter make a great scrum master. She's nearly, as she told me this week continuously, she's nearly five. Mm. <laughs> um, but she's re- late to the party, but she's really going to the why word. Mm. Of asking why about the world and stuff, and really interested, but always in a positive way. Mm. I find that quite, quite mm. um, um, soul lifting. Just really. Desperate for knowledge. Yeah, and, and, and brutal understanding, yeah. brutal honesty. Yeah, yeah. As well, but, but in a nice way, yeah, no, in, in an yeah. innocent way. Yeah, yeah. Say, saying things as they are. Yeah, yeah. Honesty with empathy, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <coughs> and also probably likely to burst into tears in, at the top of the hat. If you say anything my, too harshly, yeah. very poor with non NVC in that world, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Slightly critical tone. Yeah. Tears. Yeah. I remember my son was about two or three, and we were shopping in the supermarket, and there was someone. He says, oh, Daddy, look, there's a real-life pirate. <laughs> Just someone with an eye patch. Uh, <laughs> at the top of his voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Say it as you see it. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Oh, yeah. You need that, you need that. Say what you see. Mm. What's Mr Chips doing? Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, that's a reference that... How many non-UK listeners do you think this podcast has? So you guys made a catchphrase reference Quite a lot. then. Yeah, quite yeah. a lot. So we're, this, we're entire worldwide, of, this entire bit, of, this entire bit of shtick about catchphrase, they'll have no concept about. Stephen uh, Mulhern's catchphrase these days, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, he's it. no Roy Walker, is no, he? No. So if you are an international listener, to understand the last <laughs> thirty seconds, Roy Walker's catchphrase. Yeah, you do Roy Walker's catchphrase. It's good. It's <coughs> not right. <coughs> and you'll hear how poor Jeff's accent is. Yeah. Uh, but you'll get the cultural references. Yeah. Uh, talking about that is, I've started spotting the generation gap in a huge way in my training. Okay. I'm about to turn 40, well, in a few months, and I now make cultural references that fall clang on the early People to mid-20s. Don't, 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 don't know what it is. Mm. Wayne's so, World, um, Thundercats, these are things they just don't know what they are. Yeah. I take um, the mick out of Andrea for that recently. He, he makes lots of references. He, so his company's Agile 42. And most people say, why 42? And he's got his don't panic and his towels and yeah. things. And yeah. People just don't get it. I, very few kids these days would have read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Very true. But That's I mean, a huge part of your training course gone then, Nigel. That is yeah, my cultural, cultural references. references. No, because now I get to explain the cultural references. <laughs> it takes even longer. Even longer, So it's yeah. now a three-day course yeah. instead of two yeah. days. Yeah. Very much so. <laughs> but it's interesting, because I remember I did training courses on the graduate scheme back at British Telecom, our old uh, stomping yeah. ground. And I remember some trainers making a reference to the clangers. Really, yeah. Which I didn't know what it was at the time. It was a mid-70s children's show. Yeah. And I remember getting trained once by... The clangers? Mm, yeah. Terrible. I remember getting trained once in a presentation skills course, I think it was, by one of the ex-Doctor Who, um, uh, what's the word, companions. I believe it was the original companion, Susan, Doctor Who's daughter. You were trained um, by her? Yeah, she ran the course. She really? was now a, a teaching skills. I did not know who she was, so she was just a lovely trainer. But all the older men in the class were all so excited, because obviously she was a, a sex symbol for them when they were like 10-year-old boys. Mm. And they were all very enthused and excited and gibbering about it. And I was like, <laughs> who is this person? And now, I'm on 20 years later, I'm on the other side of the fence. Mm. I find both very enlightening and deeply sad. Do you get people that don't know who you are? <coughs> no, I'm kind of a big deal, Jeff, so <laughs> everyone knows who I am. No. Selfies and all I get selfies. And that was awesome. In, in San Diego, I don't know if I mentioned on our podcast, San Diego, people took selfies with me, which was a very strange experience. Like, hey, I'm a Z-list agile celebrity. <laughs> but Jeff, we'll never act c- matter to you. The, the author of Scrum Mastery, the author of Product Mastery, the author of the other book, which I can't remember. The coach's case book, that's the one. 
we can never add up to that that level of talent. You have to spat um, his point out. Yeah. Vague, vague stuff, imposter syndrome. Um, but genuinely, it's, it's odd being on the other side of the fence. So it's. Uh, but then I enjoyed. We mentioned before in the last podcast. I just said podcast rather than podcast. <laughs> pop. Another pop, lovely children's reference. Um, pop Channel Four children's TV show. YouTube wind. it. Um, I I got a load out of the. Uh, the what's the word? The classics. Uh, the 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 the, the well, not ancestors. What was the word they used for them that wasn't awful? Veterans. Veterans. The, the legends. legends. Le- that's the word. The legends of agile, the legends of agile uh, stream in San Diego. I just really liked sitting down and listening to some of that stuff. So who did we have there? We had Ron and Chet. We Ron had and Chet Alistair and Coburn. I, yeah, Alistair Coburn. Um, we had um, Jeff McKenna on the first scrum team. Yeah. What did you? Um, what did you get from it? What were some of the well, nuggets? Uh, well, just just um, uh, Alistair Coburn did a great thing. He was doing a just a variety of sessions like agile leadership. And you know, Alistair, his stuff can be varied depending on <laughs> the mood he brings to the session. Yeah. Uh, but he made a few throwaway comments when I walked in the door, and that made that session worthwhile alone. Just about the difference between push leadership and pull leadership, and he called it the push pull umbrella in an organisation. It just made me compl- It gave a language to something that I've understood for a while, but could never been able to articulate clearly. And he gave a simple little metaphor that helped me articulate it, and then gave me a tool to help communicate to other people. Mm. Or Jeff McKenna stuff, just telling some of the old stories about the first scrum team, about how sprints were a month because he came into the office every month. There's no other bigger thinking than that, yeah. you know, stuff like that. So, challenge so he, he's, was he the counts. first scrum master? Was it, um, was he, he, he said people claim that he's not. It was John uh, Scuminatus, yeah, was the first scrum master. He was a coach. He sounded like almost like a proto product owner. Actually, is what he was. Really. Right. Okay. Um, talk about the first team and how they work together mm. and some of the vibes. But it was so interesting because a lot of people there were literally cargo culting scrum, in, not in his place, in the room. Right. So they're doing reviews. And he said, well, the review is about having a drink and showing off your work and being proud and learning from each other. And that's what it should be all be about, mm. not this sort of, you know, death march demo at the end, boring people to death with your login screen, your yeah. PowerPoint, your buttons. And so it's just getting back to the true basics. And that's my only my one concern about CSM2 and the future learning. I'm worried people are going to try and say, okay, like the safe stuff, you know, scaling. They say, oh, to be more advanced, you must know more about scale. Mm. And actually, the way to make scaling work is to do your scrum team stuff better. Yes, yeah, be a better scrum so master. It's yeah. being doing the basics better, not doing more Absolutely. or more gimmicks. Yeah. And I think it'd be easy for I some of those products to turn into here's more latest gimmicky learning rather than let's really get into the basics and really do them well. You know, like cooking, isn't it? It's all about the fancy flavourings. So if you do the basics well in cookery, you produce some great meals. Hmm. Yeah, so it's that type of thing. So that that's why I'm interested. Very true. Very true. Any other nuggets from the legends? Did you go to the legend sessions? No, before? I didn't go to the legends. No. Well, what was your n- highlight from the, the gathering? Apart from the weather and the and the beach. Yeah. No, I shouldn't say that. Um, it was just. I think it was a great. Um, there's a good community feel about it. A lot of people that um, reconnected with over after a long period of time. Um, really, it's like a family get together sometimes. I mm. feel. I think the open space was better than, than the other years. Yeah, they actually kept the open space a bit looser and a bit less sessions. But actually, it made the sessions better, more concentrated, and people seem to get a lot more value out of it. Mm. I think the last few times, it's, the risk has been it's got a bit overorganised. A thousand swim lanes, you know, a thousand topics, and everyone loses energy. This had two or three it was sessions. A bit more free form, yeah. A bit more free form, 
and really got some powerful stuff out of it. They're changing it in Dublin, so for the next <coughs> gathering, apparently, there's going to be open space every day. I don't know how that would work, or maybe that's going too far the other way, that people just yeah. won't, won't bother with it at all. I don't know. I'll, I'll remain, to, remain open to that. But yeah. I'm not a fan of open space. No, I know you're not. I know you're not. Why not, Jeff? Why aren't I a fan of open space? Mainly because I haven't... I don't think I've really seen a lot of value come out of it. For who? Me. Yeah, I agree. But I think open space is not necessarily for people like you. It's for people on the ground... Um, at a lower level of knowledge, if I'm not being too mean, for people to really discuss their own internal implementation issues, is to help people fill the gaps in a conference schedule as a newer, agile person, rather than continually reinventing the same conference sessions for an older, agile person, I think. So I think for large parts of that audience there was value, um, for a lot of us there may not have been. I still find an extreme amount of value from corridor conversations from oh, this, yeah. from the stuff that you're not supposed to yeah. that, that's unscheduled yeah. and stuff like that do you notice they lengthened all the breaks between sessions yeah, to allow more of that yeah. so I was sat with Ron Jeffries Chet Hendrickson uh, quite a bit at the conference they just sat in a corner and created their own little empire and we talked about a variety of things and I quite enjoyed that they're the American versions of that aren't they Paul yeah apparently apparently yeah. so we've been told mm. yeah <laughs> they're good, they're never, good. Ne- you never see them apart they pair, they pair on everything don't they much like me and Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. So um, That's a lot to be said. Did you find out about my point? Ascalon. Ascalon. Yes, I found out about it. It is a garden furniture shop in Hereford <laughs> on the Rotherwass Industrial Estate. So, oh, so it looks brilliant, doesn't it? Um, garden furniture, of a variety Ascalon of Ascalon beer. Let's look at Ascalon. 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 It's um, could mean comes from Ashkelon, a coastal city in Israel. Could mean a variety of things. In popular culture, it's a powerful sword in the game Dragon's Dogma. There we go. A holy sword in Final Fantasy. King Thorden. A technology in Ben 10. It's in Castlevania. Sword, 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 sword. Lots of sword references. Yeah, sword. and it's a region in the computer game Guild Wars. No, it's, it's, a, it's like Excalibur, isn't it? Oh, it's, a, it's the last action in the First Crusade, and it's a lance that was used, or sometimes a sword, that was used by St. George. It's also a surname of people. How interesting. So, I think that brings us full circle, really, doesn't it? From yeah. pint to pint, through a journey through CSM2, children's television, <laughs> and um, the San Diego Gathering. Okay. Good. So it's good to speak to you again. And I have an empty glass, so pint time for another one. Yeah, there you go. Cheers. Cheers.